Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 133 and session number 36 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions that you submit via voicemail. That's right, you and me sitting down together answering your questions. That's what I like to think of this like, guys. You guys have probably heard me say this almost on every episode. I like these to be very personal, and that's why I want you to record your question, and then I can listen to it and answer it live here on the podcast for you guys all to listen. So if you want to ask a question in an upcoming session, just go over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Now, I have to say right now, you guys can't see this, but my dog is literally laying in the sunspot with the door wide open and he's snoring again so loud. It's kind of distracting. So I'm going to hopefully be able to pay attention fully to these questions. But I just had to say that it's a visual that I wish you guys could see, but this is a podcast, so you can't. But he is like, He's in the sun right now, just laying out like uh, like he's on the beach. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and queue up the first question. But before I do that, I did want to give a little shout out here to one of our TASers inside of the Amazing Seller Facebook group. And I wanted to share this, and you can't really see the visual here either, but I'm going to try to describe it to you. We have a gentleman here holding his package from DHL as if it was a baby. And and here's what he said. This is uh, from John Jean Wang. And uh, John says, my very first sample just came in. This could possibly be the happiest day of my life, at least until my first shipment. Then first sale, then first thousand, then first $10,000, then First, well, I think you all get the idea. Been lurking for a couple months now and can't appreciate, or yeah, and can't appreciate all the knowledge within this group enough. Okay. And he says, puts in the, the uh, quotes, cue music. Come on, say it with me now. Take action. So if you guys are longtime listeners, you know that that's kind of like my uh, my exit when I when I go ahead and close down the show, right? Say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Well, uh, it sounds like, uh, John, you've been listening. So congratulations on that. I'm really excited for you, and I'm glad that you shared it because you had over 364 people like it and over, what, 60-some people commented just saying, like, best wishes and awesome. And um, <laughs> and Dino says here, I never got to hold my baby. It went straight to the adopted mother, <laughs> Mrs. Amazon, LOL, good luck. So, yeah, a lot of fun going on in there as well and a lot of support. So if you guys are not part of that group, I urge you to go over there and join. It's totally free. And that's at theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy. You have to request to join and usually you get approved within a few hours. And uh, yeah, we're over 18,000 strong right now. So really awesome group. And John, again, congratulations and uh, let that baby go. All right. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's listen to the first question and I'll give you my answer. <laughs> Hi, Scott. This is Rachel from New York City. Um, first, I want to thank you so much for all your amazing um, free information, your podcasts, your webinars. They're so amazing and awesome. Um, well, I am actually in a category that doesn't allow pay-per-click, um, doesn't allow advertising. So I was wondering if you would be able to dedicate a podcast or um at least shout out some resources for folks like me um, as to how to optimize our Amazon seller account and listings, et cetera, um, to deal with the fact that we cannot 
um, utilize the pay-per-click strategy. Um, and also, I know that there are new keyword, um, you know, breakdowns to the keywords, the broad, uh, the phrases, and exact exact match. And I wonder, you know, given also the fact that I'm in a category that you can't use the pay-per-click, in terms of the keywords that we put in our product listing, how that is how that affects um, those keywords, and should we modify our keywords um, in our product listing? I hope this makes sense. Um, thank you so much, and look forward to hearing your response. Hey, Rachel from New York City. Thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, it's a great question, and we probably should do a whole episode on this because this is. A different strategy altogether. And I'm going to just give you what's kind of coming top of mind right now without me really kind of doing a whole brain dump type strategy where I'm actually going to go through and think of all of these different ways that you should be and could be uh, driving traffic to your listing because that's really what you're going to have to do now. You're having a listing that's not being able to to use the Amazon pay-per-click. And for those of you that are brand new, there are some categories uh, that you're not allowed to use pay-per-click. And jewelry is one of them. I know that for certain. Uh, But, you know, you may be in a category that Amazon pay-per-click is not allowed. And if you want to know what categories are not allowed, probably just do a Google search. I'll try to, I'll try to get this info too and put a link into the show notes, but go ahead, just do a Google search on, uh, you know, Amazon pay-per-click, uh, categories, and then you'll probably go ahead and get that. So you can check that out. But I'll, again, I'll try to put a list in the show notes here. So you will probably want to check them out. But, um, my thoughts are this, Number one, yes, we have to fully optimize our listing, fully. And what I mean by that is we want to make sure that the title has all of our keywords that we want to rank for. We also want to have keywords in our back end of the listing. And I see this happen a lot with people when they want to optimize for uh, certain keywords. They'll put their keyword in the title and they'll put that same keyword in the back end of the listing. That right there is a no-no. You don't want to do that. There's no reason to do that. If that is put in your title, it can be found. If it's put in the back end, it can be found. Okay. So there's a little bit of, I guess, debate on if uh, your bullets have anything to do with your ranking or your description. I don't know for certain, but I would like to put keywords in there, but your main ones that you want to rank for, forget about Amazon pay-per-click right now. Okay. Cause you can't use it. Right. And anyone, anyway, that's just listening to this, even if you're not using pay-per-click or if you're going to use it, you still want to optimize your listing to start ranking organically. Okay. And this is going to be your best chance. Now, With that all being said, if you don't get sales through keywords, you don't rank for keywords. That's how it works. If someone searches for garlic press, or let's say stainless steel garlic press, and they find your listing, they click on it, they're convinced that they want to buy your product, they buy it, Amazon acknowledges that, and will start to rank you for that keyword. Now, not just from one sale. Usually, it's going to be from multiple sales. So how would you make this happen? Well, there's a couple different things that you can do. First off, we all know about running a promotion. And in that promotion, you can put a keyword inside of your, your link of your URL. Currently, that's still kind of working. So that would be my first thing is I would probably want to create a URL that had my keyword in it. And, uh, and I would want to do that. Or I would maybe even want to send it out to, let's say, thomason.com. And uh, if, for those of you that don't know, thomason.com is a platform where it connects bloggers with sellers like us that want to review products on their blog, and they'll also review it on Amazon. And you can even say in there, 
you know, in order to review the product, I want to give you a code to purchase it on Amazon, but I also want you to search for this keyword and then I want you to find my listing and then I want you to click on it. So it's kind of a way for you to do it organically in a sense to where you're not putting it in the URL. It's kind of like they're, you're looking over their shoulder saying click here, you know, click there and click on that uh, kind of thing. Uh, so that's another way that you can do it using a service like thomason.com. So you can start getting reviews and stuff as well. And then the sales from those will also help to start ranking you. Now it's going to depend on how competitive your listing is, because if you're listing is uh, not that competitive. And let's say that, you know, people that are ranking on first page are getting five sales a day. Well, number one, the demand isn't that much, but you might have a higher price item. If that's the case, you really only have to get five or more sales through that keyword to start ranking for that. Okay. Technically that's the theory. And if you do that over and over again, a few days, you know, four or five, six days, you'll probably start ranking on page one. Okay. At least right now, that's kind of still how it works. So that's kind of a way to force that to happen. Now, the other thing that you're going to probably want to start considering is outside traffic. And I usually do, do not really recommend this because I like people to focus on internal traffic and also pay-per-click. You don't have pay-per-click. So we got to think outside the box. So one strategy would be taking Facebook ads and then from there, pointing people to your listing and having them buy through there. Okay. A better way probably would be to build an email list off of Facebook Okay. Give them a coupon code where they can download or download, they can uh, buy your product at a discount. And then from there, you build an email list at the same time. So now when you want to do another promotion, you can run that out to that same list or you can follow up with them. You can ask, you know, if there's anything that they wanted to see differently in the product, you can start getting research, uh, you know, from surveys and all of that stuff from having a list. You guys all know that I'm a huge fan of building an email list, but in this case, it's more critical because you don't have any way to drive traffic to your listing unless it's outside traffic, whether it's Google, whether it's Bing, whether it's Facebook. But I think Facebook is a great way to start building a list, especially if you go after that market. Now, I do a live workshop. You guys probably already know that. And on that workshop, I show you the two options that I use for building a list. And one of them is using Facebook fan pages. The other one is using Facebook ads. And what I just kind of described is that whole strategy where you create a page where people would go once they click on your ad and the ad would be really focusing on people that are in certain groups or certain fan pages, not groups. You can't advertise to a Facebook group. You can advertise to a fan page though. So if you find a fan page that has 15 or 20,000 fans on a page that's related to your product, well, then you can target that fan page and then start building an email list from people wanting to purchase your product at a discount. You can even just do a 50% off sale. It doesn't have to be a full out, you know, dollar, you know, $1 uh, price point or something, you know, you can actually do it for 50% off. I've done that and it works. Um, so you got to think a little bit outside the box. Again, I could probably come up with more, but right now that's really what I'd be focusing on. Cause I think those are going to give you the best results because you do have to drive sales and yes, you want to be able to do it internally, but you need to drive sales through keywords inside of Amazon. And you also need to also just basically get sales. Um, sales is really going to start, uh, allowing you to start showing up in search. And the other thing is, is the reviews. So if you're not going after reviews, you really need to do that as well, because if you get a hundred people to go to your listing. Let's just say you get a hundred people and let's say that you're converting at 3%. That's only three sales. But what if you have more reviews, your product converts better because you have more reviews, you know, it's trusted more. And let's say you 
make that a 10% conversion. Well, now you get 10 sales for every 100 visitors. So again, thinking outside the box here is what you're going to have to probably do. And again, once you start getting that organic uh, traffic through uh, being able to rank, that's going to start taking on a life of its own. But remember this too. Everyone in your category is facing the same dilemma. So now it's up to you to have your own traffic channel. And the way to do that is to build your own email list. So when you want to do a little bit of a bump and you've got 500 or 1,000 people on an email list that you know are interested in your product, you can send out an email to them and instantly, you hear that click? Instantly have traffic. All right, so I hope that that's helped. A little bit of a long-winded answer. I get kind of excited about that stuff anyway because I love talking about building a fan page or uh, you know email lists and all that stuff because I do believe that once you get to that point, even if you are using Amazon pay-per-click, you do want your own email list of your customers and of potential customers. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Aaron calling over from San Francisco. I've been doing Amazon FBA for about three months and I'm doing okay. Probably, you know, about one to two units a day. Um, so obviously I have a lot more to go. Now, one thing I find in my listing that needs help is the reviews that show up on top. Now, I only have two reviews that have helpful votes and uh, one of them is a four-star review and uh, it's because they give like some tip on how to use a product. Um... But I have several views from top reviewers. I have one from like a top 50 reviewer. And it's not, it's a great review. And it really, I think, sells my product extremely well. But nobody sees it. So I feel like maybe I should have a friend of mine check out and say, Hey, look at all the reviews. See which one you think would sell it the best and upvote it. Now, obviously, I can't tell them to upvote a specific review. I feel that would be against terms of service. But um, the one that's on there is not as good, I think, for conversion as another one could be. So that's my question. What do you think that I could do or should do here? Because I have a lot of great reviews hidden at the bottom, and I don't think anybody is getting a chance to look at them. Hey, Aaron, thanks so much for the question. And uh, it's a great question, and I don't think we've even talked about this yet. And what Aaron is talking about is when you get a good review or a bad review, people can upvote it or downvote it. Okay, so was this review helpful? Yes or no. And when people start clicking on that, either on a yes or a no, it starts to bump it up to where it's showing. Okay, so if you have a negative review, and people are all agreeing with that negative review, they can click on that. Anyone on there, even if they purchase or not, they can click on that because they're potentially going to buy it, but that review might have helped them say yes or no. So that is a powerful thing within the review system. That's why reviews are very, very important. It's also important that you try to follow up with negative reviewers, not to say, hey, go ahead and change your review, but hey, how can I make you happy? And then from there, hopefully they'll change that. That's a whole nother story. But this is a great point because there are people out there and they are doing this deliberately. They're either voting, your your, your competitors can do this too, where they'll actually vote you down, okay, or vote, uh, vote some of your, um, you know, some of your good, uh, you know, the ones that you want to show on top, they could vote them down so that way there, they don't show up as much as the ones that are bad, right? And again, you know, it gets into a cutthroat type of business out there when you're dealing with this. And this really does happen in supplement business a lot. I've seen it happen. It happens in other industries, but, or, you know, markets, but 
supplements, I've seen it and heard about it a lot. So I would never, ever recommend anyone doing that. And I really wouldn't recommend anyone saying, hey, a buddy of mine, you know, Joe, can you go to my listing and upvote? I wouldn't, I would never advise doing that because you're trying to manipulate it rather than saying, give me an honest ethical review. You really just don't want to play with that. I personally wouldn't want to do that. Uh, I think it will naturally happen. Now, if you get like, top, like you said, you had a top 50 reviewer, uh, you know, a lot of times if they leave a video review and it's demonstrating the product and it's, it's genuinely helpful, people will start to upvote that anyway because it was helpful. Okay. But I would not. I would not do that. I would just worry about trying to get more good reviews, trying to do a great job for my customer, trying to go out to those reviewers that are good reviewers as far as like they know how to leave a review. Like the top, if you can find top 500 or top 1000 reviewers, they're, they, they know how to leave reviews that are good. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and they know how to put them bad too. They can make a video that says this this product was crap, right? But if you have someone leave a video review, you probably have a better shot of getting upvotes because it's showing or demonstrating the product. And that's what I think is important here is those reviews are there to be helpful. And if they're helpful, you'll naturally organically get that. Now, if you have a crappy product and someone said this was a crappy product and this is why, and people agree with it, then they're going to, they're going to upvote that. And then they're going to upvote the bad, right? So it goes hand in hand. So that's why I really have to stress here. You want to have a great product that you believe in. And then you want to, you want to take those people that are, you know, on the fence and you really want to make sure that they're happy. And if they're not, then you need to try to make them happy in any way that you can. And that might be sending them a free product or giving them their money back and saying, keep it. You know, we don't, want your money. We want you to be happy. And you know, if you can't find any use for it, then just discard of it or whatever. Right. But don't argue with people about the small little things. I would rather lose money on a product and not get a review at all. If it was going to be a negative review or just a review itself, I'd rather just get like a good review because I broke even, or I even lost money on that deal. Right. Because I made that customer happy because that there can help you get sales in the future. Right. Because that that uh, product review helps people make that buying decision. All right. So I hope that that's been helpful. Again, I would just reiterate what I said there is I would not manipulate the ups or the down votes um, on reviews. I'd let that naturally happen, but I would go after trying to find those top reviewers that know how to leave, you know, quality reviews that could be helpful for your product. All right. So good luck to you. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Ryan from Arizona. I asked a question a couple months ago and you answered it, and that was, that was really awesome. Uh, so thank you for doing that, and thank you for continuing to do this uh, for us. I have a question. I know you recommend WAVE for accounting, um, but I did have a question about how you track inventory and account for cost of goods sold. Um, I know WAVE doesn't really have that functionality built in like some of the other accounting software does. Um, but I just want to know if you have like a workaround or a suggestion or if it's just something we should ask our accountant about, uh, keep up the good work and thanks for everything you do. 
Hey, Ryan, thanks so much for the question. And uh, yeah, inventory management. Let's talk a little bit about that. Me personally, uh, here's what I do, okay? And I'm just going to flat out tell you what I do. Uh, again, yes, I do use Wave apps. Uh, that's a uh, it's an accounting software. It's an online version. It's a free version. They have some ads that run on it. They also offer some like bookkeeping bookkeeping services that they charge for or accounting services. Um, I just use the free edition. It's it's in the cloud. It works really good, but you're right. There's no really inventory uh, connection between that and Amazon. It's not built for Amazon. It's just like a QuickBooks uh, that's an online uh, version for your accounting. And that's what I use. I love it. It works really good. It's simple, but you're right. It does not do Amazon inventory. And I think what you're talking about is kind of like, you know, when you order inventory, uh, it's not necessarily, it's, you're not necessarily looking at it to say, okay, you're going to run out of stock of this one thing. I mean, you can kind of see that in your Amazon, uh, seller central account. I think more or less what you're saying is like, when you go to your accountant, he's going to be able to see that you still have, you know, a thousand units in stock. And because of that, you need to kind of like, you need to make sure that you're not taking off that money that you paid in for. So for example, you know, if you buy product and you spend $10,000, you can't write that off until you technically sell that. I mean, you probably could, there's probably a way that you could, but the way that they want to do that is if you spend $10,000 on product and it's sent in to Amazon, it's just sitting there. That's, that's product that you could potentially sell and make the money with, but you're not going to write that off until you've actually sold it because the inventory is still sitting in there and that acts as an asset. Okay. And again, I'm not an accountant. That's just how it was explained to me. So kind of how I've done it to simplify the process for me is I just literally figure out what I sold. So if I sold, just going to say a thousand units and they cost me $5 a piece, that's $5,000 that I can technically write off uh, for that quarter or that month or whatever, right? So I don't figure the inventory that I still have, even though I might have $20,000 in inventory sitting there, I don't do it that way. Now that may be right or wrong for some people. It might be confusing as far as your accounting, but that's the way I do it. I kind of look at it like I have something, it's sitting there, it's being, uh, you know, it's sold. So now that it's being sold, I'm going to show that I paid five. I'm going to take that that right off for that because that's product. And then from there, I'm going to take the, the difference. Um, so that's kind of how I do it. So I don't really get into the inventory management and all of that stuff. I really keep that stuff simple. Uh, spreadsheet, you know, use something in Excel. I use something in numbers. Uh, and then from there, I can just track how much I have, um, how much I still have in stock, and then how much, uh, you know, I have coming in and all of that kind of stuff. So I hope that that's answered your question. I know there's probably a much better way to do it than I'm doing it. But again, I, I don't really focus on those things too much. Uh, I just listen to my accountant and what he wants, and I give him the numbers. Uh, so that's pretty much it. So let's go ahead and listen to one more question, and I'll go ahead, I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, uh, this is Ashraf from Denver. Uh, I have been listening to your podcast for the past three to four months and it's been very helpful to me. Uh, I have a general question about Q4. I mean, people say that Q4 is it's uh, blasting sales for everyone. I mean, no matter whatever the product you sell, you will get some sales. Is it true? I mean, for example, if I have a 10 to 20 competitors for me, will that everyone see a spike in sale? Is that uh, is that the one? Can you please uh, answer when you get a chance? Thanks for all your help, Scott, and um, just in your style, like, uh, hey, hey, Scott, take care. 
Hey, Ashra, thank you so much for the question. And I love the ending there too. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> you definitely have been listening to the show. That's my intro, right? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to answer this because it's a great question. And, you know, I think what you're saying is, you know, people are saying fourth quarter, you know, you can throw anything up and it's going to sell. And I don't believe that fully. Uh, I do believe that it's really hard not to sell stuff, but you know, I can't say that you're just going to put something up, not put a title in there, maybe a couple words and not optimize it. And you're just going to start selling. I, I don't believe that's the case. Could it happen? Sure. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that it's just a guarantee. Now, if you have a product and it's well optimized, you know, you have the you know good keywords and stuff in your title and you have good you know, stuff in the back end as far as keywords go. It's all built out properly. You have good images. You know, you have uh, good bullets. You have good description. All of that stuff's in place. Could you just let that sit there and start getting some sales in fourth quarter? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, you probably could. There's no guarantees, but I do believe. I mean, I have a product right now that I was kind of just dabbling in and just, you know, I threw a hundred of them up there. And I think since it's been there, I haven't done any pay-per-click. I've done no launch for it, no promotion. I just put it up there, put it in my inventory. And I think we've sold five. Uh, and I didn't do anything. And I actually sold five with uh, really a, a bad image. I didn't have a good image yet. I just did it to fill out the listing like I tell people to do. And uh, I still sold like two at that point. Then I updated my images recently. And since then we've sold like three, but I'm not pushing it yet because I'm not really even sure that I want to continually sell it. The logistics of it's a little bit harder. Um, it's not technically shipped from China. You're, I'm doing a different type of sourcing. I'm, I'm experimenting. Um, and I'm not really sure I'm even going to move forward with that, but I threw it up there. It's in there and I'll sell them uh, when I want to unload them. I know I can probably just turn on pay-per-click and get rid of them. But back to your question, you know, yeah, if you build out a listing that's, you know, good and you know that there's some demand there for it, and it sounds like you have a lot of demand for it. And even if you're on, like you said, like, you know, if you're even like three, four, even five pages in, you're probably going to sell some if you have that much demand for that product um, just from putting it up there. And in fourth quarter, what you're talking about is all of that traffic that's coming there and Black Friday and, and all of that stuff. The chances are a lot greater in the fourth quarter than, you know, maybe in the first quarter, uh, depending on your product, of course. If you have something that's seasonal, that's going to vary. But to answer your question, it's, yeah, it's really hard not to sell something uh, if you have a good listing, if you've done your research properly, and if you have some demand there for the product. So I hope that that's answered your question. I know it wasn't a direct yes or no, but you can kind of understand the thought process behind that. You know, you just need to be able to do, uh, you know, do your job right as far as creating a good listing, good images, all of that stuff. And then yes, your, your product could sell all on its own without really doing much. If you turn on pay-per-click, then it's kind of hard not to sell it again if you have everything else in place. All right. So guys, that's going to wrap up this session of Ask Scott. If you guys have a question you want aired on the show and you want me to answer it, go ahead and uh, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Leave your first name and also uh, make sure that you Keep your question under a couple of minutes. You know, you guys have been pretty good, about a minute, minute and a half. That's perfect. Uh, but yeah, make sure you cover everything, of course. But yeah, leave your question over there and I'll do my best to play it on the air and we'll go ahead and answer it live. The other reminder I wanted to uh, mention here real quick is we are into the fourth quarter. We are into December now that you're listening to this 2015. If you're listening to it after, well, then it's it's after, then it's in the future. But I'm going to be doing a couple more here in December before we head into the new year. 
and uh, I'll be doing some in 2016, just not sure when, but right now, if you have not attended one of my free live workshops where I take you through the five phases for launching a product on Amazon, you can still go over there and register for that. Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and secure your spot there. And I'd love to have you attend. We do live Q&A. We've got some prizes. It's just a lot of fun and it's totally live and it's totally free. So come on over and hang out. All right. So that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Guys, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome day. I'll see you in the next episode. 